can you hear a lot of background noise? Are we okay? What's that long line underneath my uh, name? The is long it, line? Does it fill once I stop talking? It, it fills once you've said enough words. <laughs> Do I need to keep talking now? Keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. Go line, go line, go. I don't see yours. I only see mine. But that's that's kind of how you know that, like, don't worry. This is all being recorded and saved as we go along. Yeah, now it makes sense because it got dark there. And yes. it was like, zip, see you later. It gets darker the darker the uh, subject matter we discuss. <laughs> Are my levels okay? I have no way of knowing. I You sound fine to me. Yeah. I'll adjust it. I actually interviewed someone a while back who was like, they sounded totally fine. And they were like, am I okay? My 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 needle keeps saying I'm in the red, and I can't. Am I am I doing? I'm like it sounds fine to me, and he was like, "Well, hold on, I'm just going to adjust it anyway." So he adjusted it, and then when I got the recording, he was like, <laughs> "Until he adjusted it." So, well, my needle says I'm okay. I'm like at a seven, and on the uh, pickup uh, on yeah. the external, a- and that little line that goes around my name or mm-hmm. around my avatar doesn't yeah. look like it's hitting anything too bad. Welcome back to deep in bear country, a Berenstain bear cast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez. And this week we are going back in time about two and a half years to October of 2017, because Back in October of 2017, we covered the book The Berenstain Bears and the showdown at Chainsaw Gap. That's from a 1995 big chapter book, uh, The Showdown at Chainsaw Gap. And then we covered, the next week, uh, The Showdown at Birder's Wood, which was the animated sort of adaptation of The Showdown at Chainsaw Gap. And now, two and a half years later, we are back with a book published this year, 2020, the Berenstain Bears Nature Rescue, and much like the showdown at Chainsaw Gap, which did not really have much of a showdown and never had a place called Chainsaw Gap, uh, the Berenstain Bears Nature Rescue may not, in fact, have any sort of nature rescue. But if there's anyone who can help me figure out what's going on in the Berenstain Bears Nature Rescue, it is the man who was here. When we discussed the big showdown at Chainsaw Gap, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, my friend and yours, Mark Sweeney. Hello, Mark. Hello, Phil Gonzalez. How are you? Good. Now, just a few minutes ago, you screamed into your microphone. <laughs> I did. Was that was that like cathartic? Yeah. I This technology we're using is remote and something I'd never done before, so I was using my voice mm-hmm. to try to completely... Read out your signal. I was going to say, you're using your voice to destroy your voice. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, so we're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a, a a pickle here, a bit of a tough spot. Yeah, because uh, I think I think I think we've already covered this book <laughs> almost to the word. Yeah, we've covered this. However, you you had mentioned before we started recording that the last time we we did cover this book was the month before my child was born uh-huh. so i mean i've experienced two and a half years of fatherhood yep. and i'm pretty sure my memory is 
like my brain has completely been zapped. So, you know, yeah. it was almost like reading it for the first time. And I would say you've, you've experienced two and a half years of, of fatherhood and, and, and we've all experienced two and a half months of, uh, <laughs> of protesting and uh, collective mm-hmm. action. So, you know, there's, there's some stuff is some stuff has been added to the mix, but I think, although I did not listen to our old recording, uh, I'm coming to some of the same conclusions yeah. about this book. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot. Like when we talked about, chainsaw gap and Mm -hmm. we covered a lot of subjects but what's funny is i so didn't remember the book like two and a half years later and rereading this there were points when i was like was this in the previous was this is this and then i was having that experience as well but it wasn't about major plot points it was about like really small things i was like did was this really in here i think it all was Okay. <laughs> I think I don't think okay, so normal so okay. A little a little let's back up a little bit. This is the Berenstain Bears Nature Rescue. It is a living lights, a faith story, early chapter mm-hmm. early early reader chapter book. We've covered quite a few of these in the last few months. They are all rewrites of previous chapter books. Um this is the first one we're covering that's a rewrite of a big chapter book. They're usually rewrites of the of the shorter chapter books, but uh what I've what's been happening as they've been going along is there have been fewer and fewer religious adaptations to them uh, hmm. up until like oh, I think in one they added a prayer like not even like a, an actual prayer like they changed like pregame uh, pep talk to pregame prayer. Hmm. Nothing religious has been added to any of the other books, even the one that took place almost entirely at a church. There is there is some um, like thematic language at the end that. Uh, like was brought up like like some wording that was brought up two or three times at the very end of this story mm-hmm. that I don't remember being brought up in the beginning. And I was like, oh, well, I don't remember that being like something that anyone brought up in the beginning. And then I saw that it was a living lights and I thought, oh, maybe they added that because hmm. it was living lights. But I, I couldn't well, tell you for normally sure. Normally what I do is I take my I take the original book and I sit down with the new living lights version. and I literally go line by line, like looking for any wording changes. Uh, and there's usually some cosmetic changes, maybe a few awkward phrases that they like, oh, he like they, Mike has an opportunity to like punch up a little bit. But unfortunately, I have lost my copy of Chainsaw Gap. Yeah. And did you actually give me your physical? Wait a second. I don't Phil. I don't have a copy of this book. I just want to put that out. Okay. In the record. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I was going through our text messaging uh, from that era. I, I realized that uh I had read the. I ordered the book. It came in. I read it, and then I loaned it to you. I believe I dropped it off at your house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, you should check your uh, work desk or something. Yeah, it's probably. <laughs> I dug through backpacks. I dug through bags. I dug through drawers and boxes, stacks of books. It's not even with my stuff from my one man show, which is where most of my other books are. It's just uh-huh. I haven't seen. I probably haven't seen this book in two and a half years. It's a nightmare. It's really a nightmare. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, I mean, there's a few worse things going on in the world right now, but that, <laughs> that just sort of that just sort of put me over the top. So what I'm saying is, I didn't have the chance to actually compare and contrast the two editions. So that's me falling down on my job, readers. I guess we don't. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna hear our original talk, go back to episode 119. That's the original, or 120. That's the original uh, version. And uh, of course, all of my episodes are now available for streaming on all podcast sites. So. I fixed that problem, so you can go all the way back to the beginning. But you yeah, go back to uh, episode 120 and listen to that. Uh, but, Mark, why don't you really quickly just give us a rundown of what this book is about, just to refresh everybody. 
Ooh, Phil. Really quickly. Okay. Well, okay. It all starts with an assignment about birds, which uh-huh. nobody in the class likes except for Ferdy. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And uh, let's just zoom forward, and they discover that uh, on a field trip, which is takes place on a Saturday, they... Yeah. Um, they it's a love then, field trip, by the way. It's a, lo- it's, a, it's a field trip. It's a field trip that has an ulterior motive for Brother Bear to... to... But then the whole class glommed onto yes. his love field trip. Yeah, yeah. and also, like, we also... Uh, Too Tall wants to, like, hook up again with Queenie, I think, is part of the plot. Ah, uh, yes. And there's a bullying scene that just, like, n- no reason. Right. Uh, bear, okay. And keep in mind that all the cubs absolutely hate birds they hate yes. the concept of birds in this book nothing yeah. nothing angers them more than the teacher bringing up birds so essentially what happens after the field trip is they realize that one of the uh classroom members discovered that an extinct bird uh lives at the sanctuary uh and what we also know about the sanctuary is it's about to be uh logged essentially mm-hmm. to build a new subdivision and, um, I mean, those are the major points that lead to a protest that happens at the site of the sanctuary between the cubs and the people who want to either have jobs cutting down the forest right. or live in the new houses. Yes. Yeah. And I think those are their only motives. And all the other side of the protest they want to save the bird because it's the only bird they know of, th- that they know exists. <laughs> it's the only bird they know. Of. It's a yeah. it's a, it's an it's an extinct bird that yeah. has somehow managed to lay and fertilize eggs. Yeah, yeah. Did I just uh, so okay? So should I keep going with a plot description or are we? I mean, you're about done because uh, the actual protest only takes up like the last five pages, right? And uh, the the protest barely even starts, yeah. and a police helicopter comes down and. Kind of the leaders of both sides have already met together, and they were all, you know, brought together by uh, the ingenuity of Mama, of course. Of course, who never speaks. Who, ne- <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they come to like the perfect compromise, and everyone who was wanted to save the birds were able to save the birds and the people who are afraid of their jobs got jobs somewhere else and those who wanted to live in the houses and even those who didn't want to live in the houses were happy to live in the houses mm-hmm. and everyone was satiated the end yep. uh, there, there's a lot of other little things going on uh, uh yeah. squire grizzly owns the land and he's selling it to he's selling the trees off to make way for this mm-hmm. new housing development of course his his niece, niece bonnie brown is a, is with brother and they start they're at they're at odds with one another because she's mm-hmm. on her squire side and this is the book where we first meet two tall's family two ton and too much and two 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 uh squire grizzly's wife ends up being against it because she wants to save the the the, the rare bird and uh we learn a lot about uh endangered and extinct animals there's a there's a lot going on what what really never goes on though until like the very end is any sort of protest certainly no sort of showdown and i mean i i think what i remember from our last conversation we talked about how this could be a better book about protests Mm -hmm. and i mean all that really happens is there's like one phone call that's made (laughs) that changes someone's mind and you know there's no real talk about like what a protest like how a protest creates change other than just showing up and standing standing right you know and they don't you know there could be maybe a little more explained about you know why people protest or what a protest can do 
And then I think another, some other things that are missing from the Mark Sweeney point of view is just like the importance of a single bird in an ecosystem or like, like what what's really at stake uh, with the nature and what's really at stake with like building houses yeah. that would have made a stronger argument on both sides. But I think ultimately what the book is trying to say is um, these sort of like civil arguments can break up families, but in the end... There can be, what do they say, two questions to the same answer or something to that extent. There's a funny way it's worded, and it comes up a few times at the end, and it's never really brought up in the beginning. The main lesson was was that as often as not, there are two sides to every question, even tough ones. Yeah. And I'm like, even tough sides or even tough questions? Yeah. So the lesson, yeah. Yeah. But it's even even more, more awkward than that. The main lesson was that as often as not... There are two sides to every question, even tough ones. <laughs> and you're right. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the one thing that we didn't touch on in the in the original episode, though, was uh, the fact that this this protest is busted up by the cops. It's true. Uh, and, and it's funny. In the two and a half years since we originally covered this book, uh, the image of a police helicopter flying down into an otherwise peaceful protest suddenly has a lot more weight it's true. like it, it is it's loaded with with meaning now especially since the, the 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 cops leaning out of the helicopter don't look happy yeah and then on the other and uh two years later and this could have been relevant then but it's like who are the people who have decided what's right for the community oh it's you know the the wealthy business owner and the and the mayor you know like right. What real say did the people have in this in uh, resolving this conflict? Yes, and it's and it's interesting because it does get messy with the concept of private property. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know whether or not you believe that a large wooded area should be private property. Uh, the fact is, in bear country, this plot of land is someone's private property, and. That is not usually – usually what's happening in a protest like this is it is someone's property is being encroached upon, and that person is usually not the town billionaire. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and the protest is usually you are encroaching on our land uh, illegally or unethically, and we are a minority who are uh, you know a smaller voice that is attempting to be heard, whereas mm-hmm. this is like – a million, a multimillionaire billionaire owns this land. He's selling it. Uh, but the people who don't want it, it doesn't have anything to do with the selling of the land. It's the kids who want the bird to be okay. And then in the end, they just move the bird anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and the land gets sold anyway, and the trees get cut down. No, the trees don't get cut down. They just use different lumber. From, from a place called... Uh... It has another bird's name in the title. So it's like, probably, hey, wait a second. There's probably going to be more birds displaced. Um, yeah, yeah. Buzzard Flats. Yeah, uh, exactly. A, a few months later, Cozy Corner Cottages was built on Buzzard Flats, which we've never heard of before. But, uh, but, but, or, no, we do hear about it earlier in the in the book because uh, is it Tutan or is that the yeah. character's name? Enjoys watching the birds from his office there. Oh, right. <laughs> so well, well <laughs> not anymore i guess no, nope so we also okay so 
<laughs> there's a lot. Okay, so there's a lot in this. Like this book is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. We have a town divided over, uh, and, and and most of the town doesn't. Who doesn't want the Birders Woods destroyed? Doesn't want it destroyed because it's their like romantic getaway. It's like a walk in place. It's like Dory's Tavern in Gremlins, where. <laughs> Uh, that's where my dad proposed to my mom. That's where everyone's dad proposed to their sure, mom. That's sure. that's it's just it's just the neighborhood place where teenagers would go to be romantic, and then they'd grow up and they'd go to propose, and then I don't know they would grow to separate. I don't know how what what all what all's <laughs> happened in Birders Woods, but uh, yeah. So it's so you have the town that's committed to this place for like just emotional reasons. You have the kids who are committed to it for environmental reasons. You have. Papa, who wants to tear it down because he's been hired to not be not log it. He's going to build the furniture or build the houses from it, even though he's right. a carpenter. And he's he's a carpenter, but also he's like a project manager apparently. Now he is because well, yeah. <laughs> and he was really excited about the job until he was told that he didn't have it anymore. And he was like, "I have too much work anyway." Even though he's not told he doesn't have it anymore. I think we brought this up last time. They just change where the wood comes from. Like he's not a, he's not in charge of chopping down the trees. He's in charge of building the houses. He can use any material and it's still wood. Like, but he's like, I don't want to do this. Mah. And I'm like, dude, you just, you're just throwing away good money. I was excited when I started reading this book, to be honest. I, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be a fresh, a fresh uh, reboot yeah. with some new lessons. Because the first chapter had me believing that we were going to learn something new. Yeah. There was this line on page eight. It says, sometimes trouble happens when things that don't seem to have anything to do with each other turn out to have a lot to do with each other. And I'm like, oh, is this Bernstein Bears learn about intersexuality? Or, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> sorry, intersectionality. <Yeah>. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but that wasn't the case. It was the same story <laughs> to they, the T. They do learn about intersexuality, though. <laughs> Strangely enough, it's the one thing that that Mike added. Yeah, because that bird, uh, yeah, just late, it just had the chicks by itself. So apparently, it's really strange. Apparently, they were able to completely repopulate the species with a uh, one nest of four eggs. But yeah, so and it says uh, it was a near thing that almost that. So they were they're talking about how this the whole thing almost became a war. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it says it was a near thing that almost wore, and it came to be known as. And then there's that there's a there's a graphic image that says the showdown at Chainsaw Gap. And what's funny is that was a bad enough title when it was the actual title of the book, but now it's not even the title of the book, so it's just never mentioned anywhere. Uh, I don't know if they could have changed it to anything else, like the Nature Rescue. <laughs> Yeah, what's interesting is it like reframes Chainsaw Gap to be what they called it after the conflict. Yeah. Like <laughs> like as if the chainsaws were the The chainsaws like, were the problem. The problem, yeah. Mm-hmm. Come come to find if chainsaws hadn't been introduced into this conflict, there never would have been a conflict. But yeah, do they call it Chainsaw Gap? I can't remember. Do they ever say No, it? no one ever mentions Chainsaw Gap again. Yeah, they never say it. Uh, they say Birders Woods a lot, which is, of course, why mm-hmm. it was appropriate that they finally changed it to uh, Showdown at Birders Woods for the animated. But now they've reframed it as the Berenstain Bears Nature Rescue. Yeah. And the re- the nature, if there is a nature rescue, it's the moving of the bird, which is like very briefly mentioned. Yeah. Kind of in the conclusion 
the last act of the show or the the book. The last act of the show. Um, yeah, I just noticed in the in the cover there's uh, sister bears literally <laughs> holding a, st- a stop sign. Yeah, I mean that's like are we are we led to believe that sister <laughs> stole that stop sign? I hope so. Like she tore it down on the way there. <laughs> civil disobedience that's that's uh that's that's protest man it it erupted into into something beyond just into something beyond uh picketing uh but that's the thing this book really portrays really portrays protest as as sign holding picketing like uh yeah this notion of of two equal sides that stare at each other with signs and it really tries to play the whole like ah they both have points when, I mean, yes, in a protest, both sides tend to feel that they are in the right. But I think even this book wouldn't go so far as to say, yeah, you should probably kill those birds. Even though it wouldn't say that, it's still saying that both people had, or both sides, like, had very, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, Squire Grizzly's not in any trouble. Like, he's not going to, he's not in danger of losing anything. Like right. he goes, he he's already the richest bear in Bear Town. Papa Bear doesn't really stand to lose anything either because he clearly doesn't need this job. It's just an extra. It's a little extra something. Like maybe he can install an in-ground pool. Like when this is sure. done. But he's yeah. clearly not at the end of it. He's not like I don't know where we're gonna get our next meal from. But he's just like, so he's fine with that. Uh, there's there's the only the only one who uh, stands to lose anything is. Is the bird. Is the bird, yeah. And that's what I was kind of trying to say in the beginning is that, like, the stakes aren't really there for, like, if you lose this bird, do you lose all the bugleberry bush? You know, like, what is the lost – like, if you lose the bird, does the – you know, does the population that keeps the woods growing – you know, like, what is – what's at stake there? Yeah. Because the woods do have an emotional importance to the community, but, like – what is the real environmental impact of losing the bird? You know, yeah. other than like, we haven't seen one before. Let's preserve it. Let's keep it around. And then I think like on the question of housing, you know, like what, who's going to move into these houses? Right. Like, what, what is the need for these houses other than it's better than a bunch of cars being uh nailed together which is how the two talls live yes. <laughs> a bunch of cars nailed together um <laughs> and also the idea of not presenting not presenting any options to begin with because clearly there are bears that want these new houses at least two talls two tons wife does her name is tutu she has a name she though. does she does tutu wants wants a new house but as we find out that has absolutely nothing to do with the tearing down of the trees because there is wood available everywhere. Yeah. And she'd probably be happy to live somewhere else, which she ends up being happy. Yeah. And so the whole thing, the the whole thing is very, uh, very screwy. Um, If I seem a little distracted, it's because a a kitten just snuck into this room. (laughs) That's uh, adorable. Squeezed under the door, door frame, even though (laughs) I had stuffed a towel in there. Uh, it poked the towel out of the way. It squeezed under the door frame. It wandered around the room, letting out little mews. And then someone, I don't know who, must have walked by this room and noticed the towel was loose. And they fixed it. And now the kitten can't get out of the room. <laughs> so I'm, now I'm watching the kitten try to 
try to get out of the room and having a just a heck of a oh there it goes there it goes oh it's it's turned on its side kittens can squeeze into very tight places it can't do it it can't squeeze out oh my goodness this little kitten is trying to squeeze its way out under the doorway and i'm afraid i may have to get up and help it are you stuck nope he got out that was good that was exciting wow that's why i I was a little i was like what's gonna happen what's What's going to happen? So this kitten may may re-enter. I don't know. In any case, uh, can we talk about the police? Well, if you want to, we could talk about the police. You seem to know more about the police in bear country. I uh, just want to do like, after we talk about the police, I just want to do a lightning round of details and questions for you that maybe I didn't catch the first time I read this. Okay. But I do want to okay. talk about Let's the talk cops. about the police. Uh, yeah. The police in Beartown are mm-hmm. Police Chief Bruno... Officer mm-hmm. Marguerite, and then sometimes some other deputies, but we don't really get to know those deputies very well. Uh, they are presented as quick to make an arrest, particularly if it is Raffish Ralph Ripoff or the or the Tutal Gang. Uh, in a previous book, just not just a few weeks ago, I point we pointed out that the Tutal and his gang. There's a scene where Brother gets caught up with Tutal and the gang. Uh, he he joins their gang. And he gets caught with them smoking. And at the end of the book, they're all in the back seat of Police Chief Bruno's car. And uh-huh. Police Chief Bruno lets Brother Bear out of the car. And then he hauls Too Tall and the gang off to, oh. off to the judge. Yeah. Off to Judge Gavel. And wow. he says, oh, I know that Brother's a good bear. I know he just got caught up in some of this. Wow. And... And there is this it left a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Because even though we know that now that two ton grizzly is a pretty prosperous bear, um, Scuzz, Smirk and Vinny don't seem to come from the 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 the, the wealthier family that Too Tall seems to come from. Sure. Uh, he's at least a prominent prominent business bear in Beartown. And whereas Papa Bear is pretty highly regarded in town, particularly by like the local mayor, by, uh, by Squire Grizzly, uh, and presumably then by the chief of police. And it, it really stuck me the wrong way that like, even though brother was caught doing the same thing that Tutal and his friends were caught doing, that because he was, you know, from a good family, he got let go while Tutal right. got hauled off. And reading that and then seeing this book now where the police come to bust up a protest, which I guess is poised as about to break into violence, maybe? <laughs> um, right. It just, it's, the, the bears, the cops in Beartown seem to, ha- seem to exist in a pretty comfortable place for themselves. <laughs> I would argue that this really wasn't going to break into violence. Yeah. I don't I don't think Papa was going to run after sister and brother with his chainsaw or anything. No, no. I mean, it might have gotten really heated. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um there is a there is a you know there's a philosophy that says that protest should be allowed to become heated. Sure. Um that's how that's yeah. how you uh you you continue like that's how the conversation continues yes. is uh, that's why protest starts in the first place is because your yes. voice isn't being heard. I don't know if you agree right. with that, but yeah. I agree with that, okay. yes. <laughs> um, and that police intervention in an escalation like this usually only serves to further escalate yeah. any tension on the ground. Yes. Um, 
not to mention the fact that police in cartoons as well as most other popular culture tend to enjoy a very a high a, a very elevated position mm-hmm. uh in which they are usually not questioned and can sort of exert their they sort of act as a general like strong arm authority mm-hmm. uh, in this book it's clear that they work at the behest of the billionaire and the mayor right uh, now, I don't know if little kids would pick up on any of those. Right, but it's there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a plot point, and uh, it's clearly illustrated. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what I see where you're going with this. <laughs> and in the, in, the, in the last book we covered, uh, the, the Run Amok Dog Show, the, there is going to be a dog show at the church fair, two of the most innocuous-sounding things you can imagine. And police chief Bruno gets wind of this. And so he ups police presence at the church fair (laughs) because he fears it may get out of hand. And so he like asks the cops to kind of patrol the area, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is which is, again, another one of those just like, huh, like it's there for the plot. And in a kid's book, the kids are probably just be like, do 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 cops. But you read it and you're like, yeah, like the police in these books do enjoy a fairly like they're just kind of allowed to do what they will at their own whim. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is kind of a popular culture way of, of portraying the police. Yeah, but it's worth reexamining, especially if we want to change things. Do you think do you think you could tell this story without the police in it? I think and correct me if I'm wrong here, that the Bear family has resolved a lot of their differences <laughs> through the years without the police. <laughs> Like I was thinking that maybe Mama and Squire Grizzly and the in the mayor could just drive up in a car. Like yeah. maybe the yeah, yeah. maybe the mayor's car and he just honks his horn and is like, excuse me, fellow citizens. You mean fellow fitis- oh no, that's the mayor. Fellow yeah. citizens, he says. He calls yes. Squire Grizzly mm-hmm. Choir Squizzly. <laughs> ar har. Rather than rather than uh, uh the militarized le- police presence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why does the military or why does the police have a helicopter? In why bear does the why, why does the Bear Town Police Department have a helicopter? That's Nothing a is more than ten minutes away by foot. <laughs> I can see like Bear Bear Town Bear Count Bear Country Hospital having a helicopter. Like if Pop is out in the woods cutting down trees and something falls on him, then you need to like airlift him to the hospital i can see that that's 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 where you might need a chopper but that's not for police that's for medical assistance so the the presence of a of a of a police helicopter in bear country the presence of a helicopter in bear country uh isn't the problem it's the presence of a police helicopter where did they get the funds what is mayor honeypot where what what strings is he pulling well, uh, post 9-11. <laughs> this book was originally written in 1995. Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> post, oh, I'm not going to go there. Post Airwolf. <laughs> I, I really enjoy your insight in bear country uh, policing. No, it's, it's because it's something that we've been talking about a lot just in the national conversation. And one of the points yeah. that was kind of brought up a few weeks ago and then has kind of faded into the conversation because there's been a whole lot else to talk about yeah. has been uh, the portrayal of... of of problematic organizations, including yeah. the police force, uh, yeah, in, I have to, in popular yeah. culture. Yeah, I have to admit, like, as a father now, I mean, my partner's family is very liberal, I'd say. So we are always kind of like, we're not going to have any, like, 
he's not going to have any like model police cars or mm-hmm. or guns or anything like that. But we have a record from my youth, which I know you're familiar with, mm-hmm. with some old timey songs. There's an original on there called "I'm a Policeman." And uh, whenever we get to that song, we always just pick up the needle and drop it forward. I thought you were going to say you have a record that's about where Popeye met you, but uh, <laughs> I know I have that one too. But uh, no, that's that's a thing, and because uh, the and, song is like, "I'm a policeman, my job's so so great, and I just you know direct yeah. traffic and help people all day." If I mean, you know, if there's a if you know if they were just directing traffic and helping people all day, that's yeah that's one thing yeah. but uh but yeah and so we talk about how like there's this sort of like casual use of police officers in 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 movies and books and mm-hmm. and sitcoms and cartoons that accepts them as just a necessary presence in situations where you might not need, actually need there to be a police officer and i think right. this and obviously like the berenstains are just trying to like populate their 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 town with with colorful characters and but it is that thing where like the police didn't have to be called to chainsaw gap like they weren't going to be able to actually help anything and right and it, and it all and it all came down to mama and squire grizzly and uh and mayor honeypot anyway and, and the um professor actual factual that's right this is an actual factual book hall of mm-hmm. shame hall of shame that's that that was did they get funding for that Hall of Shame? <laughs> I don't even know who runs the museum. Actual Factual is the only employee. Yeah. He runs it entirely by himself. If there's any listeners out there who are work in museums, uh, can you run a Smithsonian-sized museum with only one employee? <laughs> Please let me know. An employee who also like has to do all of the research and all the archaeological <laughs> digs and paleontological digs uh, <laughs> and astronomy and everything. Uh but no, the yellow popinjay, the dodo, the passenger pigeon, they all get called out as being extinct, mm-hmm. gone forever. Yeah. And once again, I just wish he would talk more about why it's important to save an uh, ecosystem or save a, you know, environment. Like, right. Other than just like we need to preserve a spe- like this single last bird. Yes, because that's something that we didn't really touch on last time, which is that uh the 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 environmental protest uh isn't always just about save this one animal i mean that's part of it that's a component of it right environmental protests often coincide with not only destroying the environment that they're being dis- that's being destroyed but the off what, what that environment helps preserve in your community yes. you know the the justice side of things exactly it's becoming a lot more uh, mainstreamed actually <laughs> acknowledge that acknowledged yeah, yeah. Uh, that 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 environmental uh, environmental battles environmental causes are human rights causes mm-hmm. uh, it's all tied together like this is this is land uh, the, this is this is resources and land and and history that that uh, not only affects like people like just people's day to day lives but people's cultures and uh, and the existence of communities. Uh, I mean, we're seeing this like uh, currently it's currently happening in real time, like right now. Mm-hmm. In fact, just today, the uh... the Dakota Access mm-hmm. Pipeline. Mm-hmm. And yesterday there was a proposed pipeline on the East Coast that was canceled. So. Right. Mm-hmm. And these were uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline uh, being shut down was was not because of just a bunch of, of paperwork and 
calls to various representatives. Uh, a lot of that happened to do, have happened to uh, be directly tied to people protesting in person uh, at the risk of their own personal safety and at the risk of their uh, of their lives at times um, yes. to make this happen. And and you can frame the Dakota Access Pipeline protest as an environmental protest, and it has been framed that way. But it's it's very much about communities and culture and lives, like lives being mm-hmm. at stake. And I wouldn't expect, you know, I wouldn't expect the Berenstains to be like, if you cut down Birders Wood, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not, they're not going to get that, that extreme. They're not going to, they're not going to go that big. But I think by, by keeping it focused entirely on either one bird's nest or a bunch of houses getting built, you do lose like why, like that connective tissue of why environmental causes are so important. That's like, I think what we're, what we've been building towards in this conversation. The environment is good, says Deep in Bear Country. Yeah, we support the environment. We're regular captain, captain's planet here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, this book, I mean, it's not, it's no surprise that in two and a half years, like my attitude towards it hasn't really changed. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Bear Country is still very pro, pro authority, pro, pro billionaire, um, pro industry. Yeah. And really, all the, these points that we're making, the book doesn't get to until 60 pages in, like, yes. <laughs> of 110 pages or something to that yeah. extent. Most of it is about the cubs. Just uh, not liking birds. Just not liking birds. Also bullying each other uh-huh. and, like, uh, also hitting on each other. Yep. Also almost hitting each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Teacher Bob being slamming down things on his desk yep and making the worst puns yeah and threatening puns i guess yeah yeah Yeah. and and threatening to goose his students yeah again he threatens to goose his students yeah yeah wait a minute does he does Uh he he doesn't that's missing from this version okay so they cleaned up that part but they didn't update the fact that she had like a camcorder and used a memory stick. so lady wait so ladies and gentlemen there was a there was a, a a comment by teacher bob in the original version that the kids were gonna get goosed i'm looking for it just to make sure i didn't you, miss you it. may grouse about this unit yeah we if got any that. of you turkeys try to chicken out of or duck this assignment you'll wind up eating crow I think his. I think originally it was. Originally the line was, "You'll duck out of this assignment. You're gonna get goosed, and you'll wind up eating crow." And and I was like, "Wait a minute! You can't say that to a bunch of kids. You're gonna we get found goosed." It. We found the edit. We found the edit. Mike went through this book and was like, "About time to take this out," because I can't. I couldn't find anything else missing from this. Um, it's got just as many threats of violence and everything else. There were some like odds and ends I thought might have been added, like when uh, Brother Bear loses track of setting the table, and there's like a clear like, "Don't forget, the fork goes on the left side, and the spoon." Did you catch that part? I, I think I... that's in the original. Oh, okay, it just felt really kind of gratuitous. Yeah, they wouldn't. They they haven't added any new illustrations to these, so that illustrations. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Mike has allowed uh, uh, Living Lights to reprint a lot of these books because he just wants them back in print. Mm -hmm. um, he's not happy with their handling of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's just like, I got to I want to get my I, I want to get these books back out there. And if I have to do it through Living Lights, even though they're not adding any religion to them. Mm -hmm. uh then i guess he's like they're not they just want the they just want the ip they don't care about the content anymore so i have um, one more bear country question oh yeah what's your other bear country question so ferdy is a nerd who loves birds yes but freddy is also a nerd mm -hmm. who has a collection of nests but doesn't come to ferdy's like rescue yes. about bird facts ever like are ferdy and freddy essentially the same character so i don't remember when it was not terribly long ago on one of my episodes i had this conversation with someone uh uh usually cousin fred isn't around if ferdy is around like they mm. they i think that they created ferdy and then we're like oh we kind of have this character like fred cousin fred is like ferdy but people like him mm -hmm. like because cousin fred has he like doesn't get into conflict about... he doesn't he's he's a little bit of a know-it-all sometimes he's read the encyclopedia like encyclopedia brown or he reads the dictionary for fun that's mm -hmm. his thing mm -hmm. but yeah cousin fred is just kind of smart uh and he's proud of his smarts ferdy is a know-it-all like he's a hipster and a know-it-all uh he's he's and, and by hipster i mean like the the obnoxious the obnoxious definition of hipster the i know more than you do i'm also into stuff that you would never have heard of like he actually sure. he actually pulls the like you would never have heard of this several times he's unlikable uh and he's one of the few cubs with a girlfriend so interesting so maybe that's why cousin fred doesn't rise to the occasion uh to defend him because they both feel like they're intellectually the quote-unquote nerds of the class. Yeah, I feel but like... But I was surprised that there were two, and I was surprised after all the conflict with Ferdy, Fred was like, well, I could bring in my collection of birds' nests. Obviously, he's enthusiastic about birds as well. Yeah, I feel like Cousin Fred is about as smart as, like, me. <laughs> like, he's about as smart as I am. And that the oh. other cubs just aren't that smart. <laughs> but that Ferdy is, like, hyper smart. Like... He he goes above and beyond, but he likes to also show off his smarts, like mm -hmm. brag about them and cut people down when they're not as smart as he is. And the cousin Fred would never do that. Got uh, it. Yeah. So they are they are different characters, but when they try to occupy the same space, they like rub up against each other in the wrong way. Like narratively speaking, yeah, they don't need yeah. if they if they ever came in physical contact with each other, they would dissolve each other like in the movie Time Cop. <laughs> well, I mean, there really was no reason for Fred to be in this story other than that one classroom remark. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's really no reason for most of the Cubs to be in this story. Yeah, uh, what's her face has a camcorder. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't. They, it is funny they're not updating the tech. Like there's mm -hmm. there's no reason for for one of the cubs to not be like I have a phone I can fill like they're mm -hmm. still elementary school students like they wouldn't all have their own phones mm -hmm. so she could be like oh I I uh or like my mom lets me borrow like her you know tablet whenever we want to take video so they could have done that mm -hmm. but they didn't um, but yeah and and the sad thing is not the really sad thing but the the the, the one thing is. 
the Berenstain Bears uh, Nature Rescue is the only one of these versions of this story that's in print. So uh, hmm. if you want to own this book, you have to buy, unless you buy the other one used, uh, hmm. you're going to buy this one and you're going to miss the goose line. But otherwise, it's the exact same book. And that's it. That's that's actually it. That is, we have used two episodes to cover this book. I think this is it. Oh, another thing. Uh, <laughs> this book also contains drawings that were not done by any of the Berenstains. I got that in an email from Mike Berenstain. He says he believes this is the first chapter book that they used uh, freelancers on for some of the illustrations. So some of the illustrations, I believe, are Mike. Uh, some of the illustrations are freelancers. And I believe you can tell by the eyes. Uh, I think the freelancers tend to draw more solid circle big eyes. Uh, and the Berenstains themselves tend to draw uh, smaller, less defined eyes. Uh, so... That's something to look for if you buy this book. Mark, <laughs> any final thoughts on the Berenstain Bears Nature Rescue? You know, maybe it's a good conversation starter. I know we say this a lot about yeah, about our Berenstain Bear books. Uh, but hey, uh, this is the conversation you can start. It can be about environment. It can be about the normalizing of, of police intervention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be about just how beautiful and wonderful birds are <laughs> it could be so your kids don't so your kids don't develop like horrible attitudes toward birds i think the first yeah i mean the first uh way to become an activist uh as uh, to, you know for your uh, is to love the thing you're you're speaking up against so go take a nature walk you know yeah. enjoy some birds yeah, I think most most people could use a little more exposure to nature. Unless you're one of those people who gets a lot of exposure to nature, in which case, cool it. Yeah, stop. Stop exposing it. yourself to nature. <laughs> I didn't say that. Stop exposing yourself to nature. Oh, my goodness. Um, no, I agree uh, that uh, the first step towards 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 helping to protect something is to getting is is getting to know that something whether that be birds or or community members or or what have you so yeah uh i think that's i think that's it uh i don't think i have anything else to say about ever about chainsaw gap all right until they republish it again until they publish it again in 25 years (laughs) yeah so usually this is where I ask people if they're working on any projects or anything, but are we any of us working on any projects? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a weird time of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got another podcast. Uh, it's called, it's called, it's called pizza toast. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's me and a uh, friend of the show, Christy Admiral talking about the Netflix babysitters club series. So it's only going to be a few episodes long. Uh, other than that, though, uh, this, uh, mm-hmm. It's Still Toro Time will be coming back from hiatus at some point. And uh, I just, I'm hanging out with my family and we're, we're, we got a couple of new kittens. That's lovely. Yeah. Oh, and I, I want to say one more thing before we sign off. Yeah. Happy birthday, Phil. Oh, thanks. This, this is my birthday. This episode's dropping on my birthday. I totally yeah, forgot. This is your birthday. It's my birthday. Hey, Phil. It's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. That's the way the song goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. 44. 
Woohoo. I'm a 44 man, is what they call me. Yeah. Yeah. 44, please no more. <laughs> I was trying to do that in my head, but you, you said it before me. <laughs> <laughs> but 44, you. Be 44, no more, me. Yeah. Be 44, norm to the north. Uh, well, this has been a delight. This has been an episode of Deep in Bear Country. I am Phil Gonzalez, your host. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show again. Anytime, Phil. Thanks. And I will see you all next time, Deep in Bear Too bad. I was just trying to make it go all the way around. No, 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 no. You see, that's where I'm going to put the theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it's just going to, it's going to, it's going to cut right there. And then there's going to be music. And then it's going to, I'm going to introduce the show as if nothing happened. You don't understand. You just gave me the perfect introduction (laughs) to the show.